Hey everybody, I'm Coots. And I'm Conan. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Matt Coots. I'm with my partner in crime, Dr. Jeff Conan. Today we are talking about convention. We know that we are about a week away from NATA's convention in Indianapolis, NATA 2023. We are incredibly excited about it. I know many of you are as well. And today we just wanted to take 15, 20 minutes and dedicate this topic on our podcast to how to navigate the conference, you know, the unofficial secret version, so to speak, you know, how to get the most out of your convention. Jeff and I are our veteran conference attenders. Uh, if you don't know us or our background, I, I we can, that's pretty self-explanatory. You just do a little search, but uh, we attend a lot of conferences in the course of a year and, uh, of course, one of our favorites is the NATA convention. Uh, Jeff is a Hall of Fame member for the uh, National Athletic Trainers Association, member for 30-ish years or so. I have been a member for 30-ish years or so. We're in the ish group. We're in the yeah, exactly right. So we wanted to just talk about what we do. So this is this is the unofficial guide. This is not endorsed by the NATA. The NATA does not know we're doing this. We have not been asked or commissioned by the NATA to do this. We are taking matters into our own hands. We are actually uh, behind the scenes sending each other little text messages right now, afraid we might even get our hands slapped for this. But uh, who knows? We just wanted to tell you what we think about some of the strategies and techniques uh, that have been helpful for us in networking and, and building relationships and, and navigating the, the conference, navigating all the different meetings that there are, all the different exhibits that there are, navigating all the potential networks, you know. Jeff and I have said uh, in previous podcasts before, and we actually use this kind of uh, line in the classes that we teach in our DAT program here at FIU. And one of the things that, that we say is one of the best places to generate ideas, to create research topics, to, to develop collaborative partnerships and relationships is what we always call kind of the water cooler talks or the, the, the conversations in the hallway after the meeting, between the meetings. And, and uh, these live face-to-face -face conferences are uh, the the best way to do this. I mean, for all the advantages that Zoom brings and the virtual opportunities uh, bring to us, which are many, um, hallway conversations are not among them. And and the the you know having the the what if scenarios and and the drink with somebody at the at the uh, bar after or at a party after and and following up on some ideas and and I know I can tell you I know uh, Jeff can tell you that. Half, if not, if not 80, 90 percent of the ideas that we come up with, we come up with, you know, in the hallway after the talk conversations at conventions and at meetings like this and running into someone at a booth or running into someone at the expo hall and and, you know, jumping out and having a quick conversation about this idea or that idea. So so that's what we want to talk about today. You know, what are what's the best way to to get full advantage of your opportunities beyond just the education that's occurring uh, at the convention. So, so that's my lead in. That's my intro. I'm going to toss it over to Jeff and Dr. Conan and ask, so Jeff, what do you do to get advantage and, and, and generate ideas at convention? Wow. I mean, that was all well said. What a great intro. And, and, and you're right. I mean, what we enjoy the most is the impromptu unprepared, conversations meets with new folks hallway conversations right water cooler conversations you know when you go into the presentations those are targeted 
you're identifying a topic and a speaker that you have an interest in learning about, you take a seat, you're quiet, you turn your phone off, and you listen and you absorb the message that was choreographed. And that's all great. You take notes, you flash some photos of some of the slides, you go home with some additional knowledge. But what really happens is when you walk out of that room and you bump into people that you didn't know you were going to bump into, they're colleagues. You haven't seen them in years. Maybe you talk to them occasionally through a text message or a call or an email. But what's happening is it's sort of the, hey, what's new? What are you doing today with X? And how are you handling Y? Because the research isn't out on this yet. There's nothing to read in a manuscript. Like this is current and hot. And oh, by the way, like I'm dealing with real people with this issue. So how do you deal with a with a supervisor like this or a student with an issue like that. And you start to learn sort of what, you know, I'm not a big fan of that phrase real world, but you learn right. what's happening in the real world in a different geographical setting for you. And it's kind of crazy to think about it, right? I'm sure other professions have this too, but you know, some of our best friends are people that we know only from conferences. And yeah. maybe they would expanded from a committee world together or something like that, but perhaps we've never truly worked a day together in our lives with these individuals. But you see them, you hug them, you, you just start talking so comfortably and formally with them. And that's where I think, you know, it's a trust thing. You have a relationship, you have a trust. And whenever you have that, good things come out of that. And, and so it, it is the hallways, it's the before the presentations, it's between the presentations. And Matt, I can tell you this, I'm probably not different from most others that, for example, go to our National Athletic Trainers Association conference. I put a schedule together right? and I know where I be at certain times. And when there's a commitment, I'm going to be there at that time. But do you know how many other things are on that schedule that I never make it to because of the impromptus that value and overweigh, oh, I was going to go down to this presentation, but I bumped into three key people who I know can help me with something I'm dealing with. Uh, or, or quite frankly, maybe it's not just always me benefiting, right? Maybe I know one of the other folks is dealing with a health issue, a family member at home or something. And I have the opportunity to spend three to five minutes, you know, talking to them, letting them know that, you know, I care about you. How are things going? Tell me if you need anything, I'm a sounding board. There's so many different relationships that are built outside of the educational sessions. Right. And so I think that's a starting point, right? Just a general thought process of what really happens in those hallways when you're bumping into people that aren't on your agenda to say, hey, I'm going to go down this hallway towards hall A and hope I bump into the following four people. It's not planned. It's completely impromptu. And I think that's the best part of it. And you and I experienced it. We talked about this a lot from Philadelphia when we walked up and down the hallways last year, the number of people that you see and you talk to. And even some of them we don't even know. They just know us through social media. Um, but it's a great opportunity to connect from that standpoint. Yeah, no, 100%. So the first thing that comes to my mind is you hit on something that that I would really want to emphasize and make sure some of our listeners understand is the strategies we use for picking sessions. Now, now there's there's two two schools of thought come to my mind and that's obviously you're going to pick pick sessions that are of interest to you. So that's strategy one, right? Things that are of interest to you, things you might want to learn about. But here's the other thing to keep in the back of your mind when you use that technique is, is if that's your driving technique, understand that the other people in that room also think like you do have similar interests. So if you're trying to find someone to collaborate with or someone to interact with, don't just go to the session and sit in the back. 
Okay. Now you can do that, but go not just to glean the information, but understand that most other people in that same session are there because the topic also is of interest to them, which which is a, a already an icebreaker. So the icebreaker is already there for you. So take advantage of that and understand that anyone else sitting in that room is a potential partner for collaboration on anything, whether it's a, a professional article, a research manuscript, a, a timely, whatever, whatever venue you want to use, whatever way you distribute the knowledge that you have, whether it's maybe it's just a workshop or a, a, a session for your clinic back at home. And you have some people have to, you know, justify their reimbursement, you know, the, the professional development money. So they've got to come back and do a little debrief or a lunch and learn or something for their clinic. You know, there's there's opportunities there. So understand that everybody in that room that you're with is a potential collaborator. And then don't make a promise to yourself. I mean, this is what I do. I make a promise to myself that when I walk into a room, I will at least interact with three people uh, in that session, whether, you know, and just in some way, uh, make sure I get at least three contact per contact points out of every session that I attend beyond just the information that I'm gleaning from an educational setting. So that's one strategy. If you're driven by the, I want to attend these sessions because I want to learn these things. The second thing that comes to my mind uh, that you mentioned is another strategy that I have as I've gotten more, you know, more recently now than earlier in my career, for sure. But one of the things that I do is I do not live by my that that pre-made schedule. Just like you said, there are so many times when I'm on my way to a session that I wanted to hear. Where I run into somebody in the hallway or wherever and we start up a conversation, they're on a way to a session as well. It's almost, I, I'd be like, I'll ditch my session in a second without a second thought. I mean, because the value of the conversation we're having, the value of the potential collaboration, the value of the relationship building far, 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 far exceeds the value that I'm probably going to glean from the research article that they're going to read to me at the article I was going or the session I was going to, I can get the article and read the manuscript later, you know, and, and learn that stuff. But if, but the real value for me at this stage in my career, especially is, and I would argue, this is the point in any, whether you're a young professional early in your career, I think you get the same benefit. And I wish I had used this strategy earlier on, but I can't tell you, how many times as a young professional, I've made the mistake of running into a board member, a, a, a Hall of Famer, a, a, a renowned researcher in a particular area who I had a, you know, a 10 second conversation with. And then because I felt uncomfortable or because I felt awkward, and it's like it was it, it was a challenge for me, ended the conversation because, oh, hey, I got to get to my session. Whereas yeah. now, <laughs> now I'm like, hey, where are you headed? And that's the first thing I ask. Hey, where are you headed? Oh, me too. And even if I really wasn't, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, me too. And I and and I'll walk with you, you know. And then we end up sitting together. We end up, and then we have a little conversation. We exchange, you know. And uh, so I just want to, anyways. That's I would so, totally me, reiterate your advice. Yeah. So let me piggyback off of that now because you've struck two nerves that are very close to me. So the, fir the first is that this is actually something I've copied for and I've recorded before for um, a good friend, uh, David Clancy, who's one of our um, faculty members at FIU. 
from Dublin, Ireland, and David runs a leadership program called the Learning Physio. And for him, we put together this concept called intentional networking. And so, yeah, there's a lot of value to the impromptu hallway meets. But what intentional networking is, if you know ahead of time you're building that schedule and you want to see that speaker with that topic and you know they're going to be there, the likelihood of when you see that speaker, they're going to be bombarded with others asking them questions and interacting with them. Reach out to them ahead of time before you get there and say, I saw you speaking. It's on this topic. I have an interest in this, whatever it is. Could I have five minutes of your time? Could we arrange it when we're there? Exchange cell number, shoot a text and connect. So it's already on their agenda to spend five minutes with you on a very focused conversation, yep. right? The other way to do that is we encourage the younger folks all the time to do this intentional networking. And that is do the same. Reach out to someone who's in, a, in an area that you want to work in or, or a leader that you look up to or a mentor. You know, maybe you just want to meet them because you know them through social media or something else and reach out ahead of time because these people aren't going to find you. Right. And even like if, you know, we you and I both have crazy pathways to get to where we are. It's the most difficult question I ever have to answer. Like, oh, tell me about how you got to where you are. Are you kidding right. me? How many times do you have? So um, I'm never going to run around the hallway and just pull random people over and say, hey, sit down. Let me tell you about my career. It just doesn't right. happen. But right. if, somebody, if anybody reached out ahead of time and said, hey, I'm going to be in Indianapolis. I'd love to meet and pick your brain for five minutes. I will find that five minutes at some point, no matter what. So Same you're yep. purposefully, intentionally networking with individuals from that standpoint. The second thing that you brought up, which I love, and you know we do this in our program all the time, is preparation. It's You can call it an elevator pitch. You can call it the intro pitch, the interactive pitch, the exit pitch. How do you walk away from someone and it's an awkward way to end a conversation? But what you just brought up is you are prepared. You have planned. You have planned to be impromptu when those awkward meetings occur. And yes. they could be incredibly awkward, except you learn ahead of time how to manage yourself. So yeah, you make up a scenario. I'm going to the same place and I'll walk with you as well, right? Think about how many times you've been in the exhibit hall. Someone's introduced you to someone and you say, hello, you exchange some things. And it's really good now. Okay, now it's time. You make up some dumb excuses. Okay, I'm going to walk around to the exhibits. And then as you go up and down every aisle, you bump into this, you cross the same person each time. It's awkward, it's awkward, it's awkward, right. it's awkward. Well, don't make it awkward. Think about each time that happens, you know, plan ahead of time. How do you demonstrate yourself as being interpersonal, mature, prepared, and so on and so forth, and not awkward? And that's how you're going to expand your relationships with individuals. A lot of things happen by chance, but what do they say? Preparation and hard work gets you more luck or something along yeah, those lines? Yeah. Luck favors yeah. the prepared mind. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Yeah, so I think there's there's some intentionality to some of this, um, but it, when it, when you do that, you got to be prepared, like everything else. You know, I just watched the the video of Denny Hamlin from the Buffalo Bills, who we've all known about um, with his role in the Mar Hamlin situation. Denny gave the um, the graduation, the commencement speech at his college alma mater, which is really unbelievable. And um, in his speech, he basically said, "Look, I'm not a public speaker. I'm not a hero. I was prepared." Right. I was prepared. I did my job. I was prepared. And um, preparation is so underrated nowadays. Maybe it's just me. But I think too many people, and I'm not going down a generational comment here. I just think in general, too many people want instant 
instant gratification more so than ever before. And, and quite frankly, you know, we're seeing less and less of that intentionality, as I mentioned, that hard work that, that you know, all the things you do to put yourself in that position to be successful in that happens. And this yeah, is a great so opportunity. When you when you are wandering through the expo hall, here's here's something. This is this is where the hand slap might come in because we're not talking about the the exhibitors and their products. But I don't I don't necessarily walk through the exhibit hall to look at products or to see what products are missing missing from my life. You know, so I go through the exhibit hall almost exclusively to meet people. And, uh, and that's the intention that I walk through. Now, granted, there's some neat stuff in that exhibit hall. I don't want to diss our exhibitors and I don't want to upset and, you know, uh, anything like that. That that's very needed. And, and, and some of the, some of the stuff is amazing and the, the, all that kind of stuff. So, so know that, but that said, I'm not necessarily interested in finding, like I said, that product that's missing from my life. What I'm interested in is the relationships. And I walk through that exhibit hall and that expo mm -hmm. to, to meet people, whether they're uh, staff and exhibitors or, and, or my colleagues walking around. And, and so I have the very in, intention. I have two, two, two fold strategy when I'm walking around is one, I'm just wandering. So I'm not actually, going to visit certain booths. Although if I know someone is at a certain booth and I want to see them, I will go to that booth. But I'm, so I'm, I'm wandering and I'm making eye contact. That's the most important thing, even more important than uh, having, okay, what do I say? It's make eye contact because most of the time when you make eye contact, the other person will just feel awkward enough to have to say yes. something, yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. they'll start the conversation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change one thing and say it different, though, from what I do. I don't wander around. I, okay, I do go up and down because I want to see the exhibitors and there's products and what's the latest and greatest. And, look, we have relationships with many of the folks that are exhibiting there as well the same way, you know, whether it's our publishing companies or right. others. Um, but what I do differently is actually stand in one spot. And what I've learned, for example, is if you go there and you just stand near the registration area, you'll see everybody. You don't yeah. have to wander around and look for anybody. It's a great place to be. It's a great place to meet people. And what typically happens there? Friends go together to register. So I'm just standing out there waiting to see who I can say hello to. And somebody walks up who I know. They say hello. And you got three people with them I never met before. So you get introduced to those folks as well. And so if, I think if you plant yourself, and, and I have to give credit to, to Bill, Bill Prentice for this one. This long time ago, um, we he and I used to just stand together. Well, he did. And I just said, what are you doing just standing here? And he said, this is where I get to meet everybody when they first come in. And I thought it was a brilliant concept. But you can do the same thing, whether it's um, going into or out of a room that has, you know, the thousand people in the large right. halls. Or just plant yourself in a strategic position. Uh, in fact, plant yourself where you know leaders are going to be. Um, you've got the same schedule everybody else does, right? Take a look at what events are happening and just, just put yourself there. I mean, uh, I always got great advice from many, many people for many years about, you know, you have to go where the things are happening. You got to go where the people are. <laughs> you got to go where the people are, right? And right. so, you know, if, if you're going to sit in your hotel room the whole time, you're not going to network with anybody. If you're going to go walk over there, you'll see people walking. But if you strategically go in certain places there where there's more people, and like you said, where there's a certain group of people. So when you go into a certain room on an ankle biomechanical talk, Everyone in that room's got some interest in the same thing you do on the ankle. Right. So put yourself in the position 
um, where it's going to be key. I remember, so long, long time ago, I wrote a textbook um, called Behind the Scenes as a Team Physician. And one of my really good buddies, Joe Boyd, he's an orthopedic surgeon in Minneapolis. Uh, when he first got there, he wanted to be so badly the team physician for the, the Minnesota hockey team in the NHL. And um, he had no success like cold calling people and showing them all his amazing credentials and so on and so forth. So Joel, Joel writes about this in my book. And he said, um, I hired a public relations firm and the public relations firm was awesome. What they did for me was they told me the places that the owners, the general managers and the leaders of the hockey club went to, like, where did they golf? Where did they eat dinner? He found, they found this out. And then I started showing up at these places. I joined the golf club where they golf. I went to the restaurants where they eat. And the next thing you know, we just, we bumped into each other. Well, what a coincidence. We became friends cordially, and then we built a relationship. And now they're like, oh, Joel, you're a great guy. You're an orthopedic surgeon. How would you like to be the team doctor for a team? Right. And so you have to go where the strategic decision makers are or, or the people that you want to rub shoulders with. They don't have to be leaders or decision makers. They can be anybody. Uh, but it's an incredible opportunity to essentially know what little pod someone's going to be in at what time right. because of thunder. And you put yourself there. And um, I, I, I love the opportunity. I mean, I'd be honest with you that, you know, yeah, we're going to get our hands slapped here and there. But I, I, I was disappointed, as I'm sure most were, when the, the conference shrunk a day. Because what that did was it took a full day away, not just from talks, but from, from hallway interactions, from nighttime receptions and things of that nature. Right. Um, that now seem to be much tighter and cramped with longer days and, oh. you know, really draining your bodies. And, and we've always come from this mindset, I think, in our profession, work hard, play hard. Efficiency, efficiency, break. efficiency. Yeah. Right, right. It's hard, hard to burn the candle at both ends for, you know, three and a half solid days that early in the morning till that late at night because you you don't want to miss anything. You want to take advantage of that. And and I think that extra day, really starting to see that now. Yeah. You know, I don't know anybody. It's funny because, you know, they always give those surveys and things after the convention and during, you know, why do you come? Why didn't you come when you're registering? And they have all educational and they have this list of things. And on that list of click points is always networking with colleagues, you know, networking. And so here's, and again, this is non-scientific. This is, this is just my total, you know, bias sample. Uh, but I don't know anybody who clicks anything other than networking. You know, I mean, this is why the main reason we go is, yes, educational content is neat. Yes, the exhibitors have some awesome stuff. But uh, but the main reason many people go to the convention is because that's where I see my friends. That's where we collaborate yeah. with ideas. And and uh, and that's a big, big part. I mean, we are social creatures anyways as humans. And that's a, I mean, we're with our people. So let's open the Pandora's box here. I'm going here. Okay, I'm going here. You can slap my wrist in Indianapolis next week. That's fine. But if I'm going to spend a lot of money on an airplane, on hotels, on a conference registration, that's three days long. Man, I really wish all three days were full of content that's in my wheelhouse. The NATA conference does not do that for a single member. Why? Because the content of the presentations are intentionally diversified. Right. So I'll find a handful of presentations that are of interest to me and so will everyone else. But no one will find a full clean slate that is relative to what they do on a daily basis. So you're right. They are really and we are really going for 
our networking, maybe committee responsibilities, maybe we're chosen to speak or put a poster together. But the reality is, it's not, I don't think content, as good as some of the presentations are, are at the top of the list of why people go. Because they're not. I'm better served going someplace else for three full focus days that are meet more meaningful to me. It's not a knock on anything. It's reality. Right. And, and you are 100% right. And it's really important to now because as people are realizing, like, you know, there's so much more information in this world in the job that we do, people aren't choosing to spend their monies now on focused meetings like that. And right. um, I think it's noticeable in our um, attendance. Uh, there's way more options. Dude, there's way more options. I know that's horrible English. Sorry. There, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> I caught myself. I did. Uh, there's, there's just so many more options now for great content that, and, and the, the NATA convention owning the exclusive domain on the content for the profession that's gone. Gone. That's gone. gone. So we it's have gone. to reinvent <laughs> ourselves in a certain way. And I think a big reason why a lot of people, why listen, it's why I go, listen, I've got so many things on my schedule. I'm not going to be able to attend maybe two educational sessions for the, and I'm going to be there. You know, somebody's listening. He's like, well, I'm going to watch see what he claims for his CEUs. Don't worry. I'll, I'm ethical about all that, but, but <laughs> you know, uh, but the, the reality is, is I don't go for the educational sessions and I don't know too many people who do go for the educational sessions. It's the exposition is great. The networking, all those things. And it's because there's so many other options and so many other convenient delivery modes for the content that I want. I mean, I do not listen. I'm sorry. I don't want to offend anybody, although we already have. I'm sure I do not attend the NATA convention to learn about leadership. To, and and the stuff that I research, the stuff that I do, re healthcare administration in that space, it's just not there. The it's just not there. I go to other conferences and other conventions for that, and uh, and so my my reason for and I'm sure the same thing for you for cannabis. I mean, you're doing the talks on cannabis. I'm doing some of the talks on leadership and stuff, and 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 so we don't go to these conventions. You don't. You're not going to NAT to learn about cannabis, Jeff. I'm not going there to learn about leadership. We're going there for other reasons. I mean, one of the reasons is we love NATA and we are lifetime members and we we have bought in. We we've, we've drank the Kool-Aid of the NATA so to speak as far as being oh, right, members. Right, you right. know. Right. And think, think about this, Matt, right? So when you're teaching students and you're telling them how great it is to like, go raise your money, you've got to go to this national conference. What comes out of your mouth next? The reason you go is networking. Yeah. Now, Let's have a whole session. Let's teach you how to dress, how to interact. We don't teach them how to go sit in a room and learn from a lecture. Right. We teach them how to network and go to the meeting. So it's inherent. Everybody knows this. It's not a secret. Um, but what does that mean? Too many people say, well, just go there. It's a great place to network. But what the hell does network mean? Right. Be intentional. Uh, yeah, it's the intentional. It's the preparation. It's all that. And look, we're not saying anything anyone else doesn't know. Um, we're not going to get our hands slapped. We might get a couple high fives and fist bumps when we walk through the halls of India. <laughs> um, but it's the truth. And, you know, it, it does it does beg the question, though, and, and, and just to toss this out there, because we like to be provocative sometimes. Well, most times, um, you know, is it time to change the structure of the meeting, whether it's the length of time, whether it's the way we offer the content, uh, because you're truly competing now, as you said, there's a lot of other options out there. It's a different world. And so, you know, is it time to just do a, a complete reshuffle of the deck? How does yes. this conference work? 
here's what we know from the research and case studies in business. The big dog is the one that dies first. I mean, you look at Nokia, you look at Kodak, you look at Blockbuster. I mean, I can you I can go through the list of the main leaders who the reason they thought that they would never fail is because they thought they were the biggest and the best because they thought they owned the content. This is who we are as identity. And and I'm not criticizing. This is this is just an observation of the laws of business and the laws of a large organization. This is not a knock on NATA, but if, if we don't change the way we're doing things, then we'll, we will lose out to the smaller, the second, you know, the, the people who are coming up and reinventing the wheel a little bit better. Like you said, there's a lot of competition uh, in a lot of societies and groups and organizations that offer incredible content that's focused in area spaces where areas, what are areas where, people want to go and learn the, you know? the, the so-called knowledge gaps yes right yes. Filling them. and and i have to say too uh, to the to your point um we are embedded we are deep into tradition yeah and it's really hard for us as a big dog we're a big dog that's not that old but we're old enough that we're still i mean the people that started our association in various aspects whether it's education the first ones into a private practice the first whatever's are still around and it's still right. hold on it's very dearly. So change, which is already difficult, is even harder from a traditional, hey, this was the NATA I built. And so relative to the conference, you know, this is just one small piece of it because as the conference runs traditionally with some new things each year, you know, give people credit where right. it's due. We have others, as you said, that are out there saying, hey, it's 2023. We're not doing what you're doing. We're doing what we're doing and what we need and in a different way. Right. Main goal is to say, how do we be different? Yeah, we're doing. Well, let me ask this. You know, how do we be different goes like this. I'll go back to that case study because I use this in some of my in my courses is, you know, the executives at Kodak, who is is obsolete now film, you know, they were in the they made film, you know, the, the 35 millimeter film for the cameras and all that. And they they sat around the room. And as the story goes is, you know, we're in we're in the film business. And the second and the companies that put them out and bankrupted Kodak said, we're not in the film business. We're in the memory business. We're in creating memories. What's film all about? Creating memories. Like, you know, we make film versus we make memories. And that's the question I'd like to ask is, is the NATA convention is not in the education business. Education is being done better elsewhere. I'm sorry. Okay. That's another hand slap. I'll slap my own hand for that. But, um, we're in the networking. I guess what we're saying is the convention is about networking, maybe more than anything else. We've got to ask ourselves, why are we hosting the convention? Why are people attending the convention? Hey, we've got to be honest as retenders. And yeah, there's some neat stuff there. And Or are we just a vehicle? Is Or is it revenue? Here's the other question. We have to have the NATA because it's our revenue builder. It's our revenue maker. And we've what got to, we've got a way to get, we've got to have a way to yeah. get our vendors in front of our members, yeah. you know? And so that's what's driving it. And I got to ask, what's the reason people are coming? Because with online shopping, that's just, the, the, the world is evolving and the convention really hasn't yet. Yeah. This maybe and, got away from our original intent was how to navigate yeah, well, the convention. The first, the first thought I have is you and I should not walk together anywhere 
because then as we get our hand slapped, it'll be done together. Let's make it difficult for them to <laughs> find us and separate. We get in trouble. Uh, and then we'll just warn each other who found us and who yelled at us. Right. But, you, but you raise a great point. And I have to challenge one thing you said, though. Is, is the convention profitable? Is it revenue generating like it used to be? Right. Because as yeah. costs go up, all costs go up to run the conference. As costs go up for members and membership numbers go down and they go elsewhere, we have lower attendance. When there's lower attendance and less stakeholders, exhibitors don't find the value in their bang for the buck. Right. It's an entire trickle-down domino effect that, again, it needs a reboot. Right. Now, no, I, was, I wasn't I was saying they do it because they're making money. I'm saying that was one of the reasons they continue to have it the way they do is because it's the model they've adopted. And maybe that model is no longer valid. I would go out on a limb and say the model is no longer valid. All right. So Jeff Conan said that, not Matt Coots. Just yeah. so. Just so, so yeah. That's my disclaimer. That means I will not be asked to be on the task force to put together the reboot, which is perfectly fine. Um, I'll just wait to criticize when the work is done. Right, right, right. Oh, man. Out. So but let's, no, let's end this, this way because we're out of time. Let's end it this way. And, you know, we are very much looking forward. I mean, it's a highlight of my year for sure, for the reasons we've all just said. And 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 Dr. Conan introduced this at the beginning, and I want to introduce it again. Find us. I mean, if you are, I, I know there's one other question I, I, I actually do want to get to before we close. And I'll, I'll throw this to you, Jeff, is I can, I can hear in my own mind people saying, yeah, but you guys uh, – have written the books and do the presentations and do the talks and people, people want to meet you. But what about me? I just graduated. I'm a student attendee. I'm a young professional. I'm just working in the clinic. No one knows what I'm doing. People don't want to meet me. So how do I create that space? What would you tell the person who's there who is kind of incognito, doesn't really know anybody yet? What, what's this technique or strategy for them? Oh, man, this is an easy one. This is like low hanging fruit. Look, you and I are just two normal guys. Well, maybe we're not normal, but we put our personal and our life and everything else above our job as our identity, right? We just, we love to interact with people. We'd rather just talk about life than, than work, although we love what we do. Come up to us, you know, punch me in, well, don't punch me in the arm, but, you know, tap me behind the knees and make me bend my knees and fall down. Do something to show, hey, I, I want to just meet you and and uh I, i'm not like sterile i'm not nervous i'm not shy but hey go back to how we started right we've done i think this might have been our first podcast you're you're talking to a person who who should have flunked out of high school who should have flunked out of college was fired from jobs did stand-up comedy at midnight in, in smoky dark nightclubs and here i am right so, i think it's not not tooting my own horn but it's just the fact that anybody can do anything if you put your mind to it and you have the right mentors and the right people to guide you in certain directions and you go with the flow. And so meet us. Yeah. I mean, it's easy for us to meet people that we know of, but if you don't know us and you just want to come up and say hello. That's yeah. how we grow. That's how we make friends and that's how we expand. And so, yeah, I think, I think more power to that person who feels like that to here's an open invitation. We're harmless. Um, come join our circles, introduce yourself to us. And who knows what value will be exchanged in a conversation and what it can lead to from there. Yeah. So I think that's a no brainer. Yeah. Um, if, if I don't see a single educational session 
because I'm stopped meeting all these people. Man, that's a great trip for me. That's a still big win. That's right. Still a big win. So yeah. So so that's I was gonna say the same thing. Just say hi. Come say hi. I mean, if you don't know where we'll be, you know, I'm actually doing a session Thursday morning, uh, seven thirty. I believe you're doing a session Saturday morning. And uh, hey, kudos, yeah. Tiffany Morton and I teaming up once more. Uh, last year. We had a sold-out crowd. We had people in the hallway complaining they couldn't get in. We had people sitting Indian-style behind me at the podium while I was speaking. That was the first. I wish I took a photo of that. But um, this year, we got a big room, Saturday morning, 7 a.m., to talk about cannabis, and we will have samples. All right. Very good. I'm not, I'm doing a talk also on international mobility. So if you have any interest in international athletic training and, and doing things abroad, Thursday morning for me, 7.30. So, uh, and if you don't, I'm not interested in that, but you'd like to network and meet us, come anyways. And you don't even have to be interested in either one of those topics. We'd love to chat with you and talk with you and, and, um, and help you as best we can, because we are serious. Um, and, and, and I was serious a moment ago when I said, you know, we, we have drunk the NATA Kool-Aid. Um, I love the NATA. Uh, do I agree with everything that's going on? Of course not, but no one does with any organization they belong to, but I am an, an a tremendous advocate and fan. And I know Jeff is as well of, of what we're doing, our profession, and we love it. So if you want to meet us, we would love to meet you. So make a, make an effort to come see us and, uh, and we'll have a conversation at the very least. So thanks very much. Coots and Conan are out. <laughs>